0: Hello, loyal fans. This is Gracemont Podcast, episode twenty. That's right, two zero.
1: Man, kind of unprecedented, unprecedented for Gracemont, anyway.
0: It is. It's like the only time we've done twenty podcasts.
1: That's right. Every (laughs) podcast from now on will be a world record. So
0: that's right. I am Apostle John Luke,
1: and I am Apostle Duke.
0: Yes. Okay, we're going to do the song now. This is our intro music. We do it a little later than most people do. And it, it's stupid anyway, so it doesn't matter when you do it. So, okay, That's... hit it. Grace Mond. Grace Mond. Grace Mond. Grace Mond. Grace, Mont.
1: Grace,
0: Mont. Grace, Mont. Grace Mont.
1: Oh, <supper> Woo! Okay, it just gets better or something every time. It's terrible, but it's (laughs) It's, it's kind of fun. (laughs) It's just creative. We're being creative. Yes. So
0: Tonight's episode is going to focus on dying churches. There are so many of them all over the country. The questions are, how do you save a dying church? Number two, should you bother? Okay. Number three, a lot of it has to do with money. You know, not enough people, obviously. Uh, why did our parents' generation and those before them, why did they tithe? Right. And why do the people now not tithe? So these are my questions.
1: All very relevant, right? To oh, what's yes. going on in every church across the nation.
0: Well, in the older, more traditional uh churches that are Baptists Methodists disciples of Christ etc they're having trouble it's the the uh non-denominational churches you know that have the big screens and the rock right. and roll music and all that stuff a lot of them seem to be doing okay yeah but the uh the old traditional churches are having a tough time like our church yes it's we've watched we've sat and watched it
1: Over the years, for like two decades, just go down and down and down, maybe 15 years, but just. And, and, and of course, I was on a search, I was on a vision committee, and we, you know, we came up with all these new things we were going to do and try. And we spent uh, the pastor, the music director, we had a gentleman come in who knew a lot about that, and we discussed it for months. And we came up with these new ideas, and we tried a bunch of stuff, and it just didn't work. And as you may remember, we we tried. We had two services. We had one service over in what we call the MAC Center, which is gone now. Now it's a car wash. But it had rock and roll, and it had the uh, young, you know, jeans, and uh, I thought that one. Would, I thought that that one's going to work. That one's going to work. And it just didn't.
0: No. Well, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna review our church just a little bit. Okay. So, my wife and I started there. Uh, Twenty five years ago. Okay. At that point, there was a traditional Baptist minister that Southern Baptist minister taught all the stuff that he was supposed to teach and was a pretty honorable human being. Yeah. Uh, And we were, we had like 2,500 people in two services every Sunday. Yeah. Well, he spoke out against homosexuality and the, uh, LGBT folks started protesting our church. They lined up every church and formed a blockade basically between the parking lot and our church. I remember. Which was kind of tacky. I thought that wasn't very nice. He was, you know, whether we agree or we don't agree with the preacher, he was preaching what he was supposed to preach, you know. And these people made it uncomfortable enough for him that he quit. And uh, then that Once he left, then we got a replacement and the church dwindled a little.
1: A little. That It was like a big drop, I thought. It might have been.
0: Okay, it was a a fairly big drop, but not a huge. Yeah, yeah. And then we got an interim minister, and we did okay during that time. Then we finally got a new minister. We were all excited. Yeah. But he wasn't the same guy, and then we got into this thing where Half the church liked him, and half the church didn't, yeah, and then there was bickering and stuff, and then he finally left, and with him went half the church,
1: <laughs> okay, so that's that's yeah. where we went the big the big drop,
0: then we got another guy, yeah, and he he i thought it, in my medical opinion, had like a uh, borderline personality disorder such that it's oh. a situation where. Borderline personality people can't accept responsibility for anything. They blame everybody else, and they like yeah. to pick out targets. Yeah, for like he's the one that caused this. He's the one that caused this. it. wasn't me. wasn't me. And you can't do that and be the preacher. You no, know, you you have to if you're the preacher and you make a mistake, say, hey, my bad. And along in there, we had the um, uh, the youth minister who was a pedophile. That hurt.
1: Yeah, uh, right. Then Since then,
0: we had another youth youth minister. We didn't have him very long, but we found out he was a pedophile.
1: Yeah, right. uh,
0: You do that a few times, your church is hosed. Well, it was once 2,500. Last Sunday, I counted it was 109.
1: A hundred? Oh, gosh. I didn't know it had gone down that much. Yeah. Uh, Oh. What do you do about that? i just well okay so to your point what why are these why are these some churches and i don't know how we're doing on this podcast can we say the name of the church and uh there's there's a large movement called life church it's 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 around oklahoma here and it's just doing gangbusters and it's it not only is it are, they have like 34 or 35 different campuses. Right. And and I've been I went been going there over the last couple of years and it seems like every few Sundays says, "Hey, we let's all give a big round of applause. We opened campus number 37 in Colorado." And uh, and not only are they open up these campuses, but they won't open a campus until it's fully paid for. I mean, they won't like borrow money So they got to be flush with cash. And what, you know, what is it? What is it? Why are those growing and so many others are dying? Well, I don't know. You're going, you went to ours and now you're going to that one. Tell me what you think the difference is. So here, here's, I can tell you what some differences are, but I don't know. What's working? One is it's it's a very upbeat uh, worship service. I mean, it's like it's like a rock concert. It's very loud, drums, electric guitars. Honestly, I try to get there a little bit late because I don't really like it that much. But then the uh, the the sermons are very. you You don't like the music that much. I don't like the music that the loud much. rock
0: music. Okay. Right. Ahead.
1: Yeah. I, honestly, and my, my mom laughs at me, but in all honesty, if I have indigestion and I go to that, uh, worship service, my indigestion is usually better by the end of, cause it's like thumping on your chest. It's, oh, like, yeah. <laughs> it's just, I mean, seriously, it is just so loud and it's just thumping. Uh, but, One of the things, I guess, is that the the sermons are just so applicable to, like, when you go to work tomorrow, here's some things to think about. And at least the the church that we go to, the, the larger services, it's just so traditionally, I mean, they're still teaching about you know what the third or fourth verse of matthew and what does that mean and i i just think i know me sometimes i'm going like how do i apply this to like every day of my life here again gracemont i'm glad we don't have to have the answers because i don't really know and if and if people knew they would be growing right
0: I don't know. I mean, our church—you walk in—it looks like a hospital in there because everybody's got gray hair, and or it looks like like the kind of or or the office of a medical practitioner that most take, or like a geriatrics clinic. Yeah, that's what it looks right. like. And Yeah. I'm I'm in my sixties, and I'm one of the youngest people there. I'm yeah. in the younger half of the people there. Right. And whereas where you're going. You're like an old dude there, right? There are lots and lots
1: of young people there, right? There's lots and lots of young people, but kind of surprisingly, there's a lot of people my age and some older. Really? But but yes, there are. There are a lot of young people. And it's very, uh like I've been going there a year and a half, two years, and I don't know that I know anybody's name. So,
0: Well, they have small group things, too. They try to get you into, don't they?
1: Right, But yes. since you're
0: still going to our Sunday school, you're not in one of those
1: right that's right. my our Sunday school is kind of my connection to friendships and birthday parties and that kind of deal yeah. so
0: well they they have just like one preacher that's on a big screen that preaches to everybody on all the campuses right he's you don't have an individual preacher giving an individual sermon at each place right
1: it's a video
0: right so he's like uh but it's it's broadcast
1: live right it's not Just recorded. Don't think so. I think it's recorded. Because they have they have like they have like a Saturday night and then three or four Sunday services. Oh, okay. And so I think they do one and then and not only that, but I mean, it's so, it's so I mean, by the minute, man, they know exactly when he's gonna say I mean, at at two till, you can clock it. They're going to start wrapping up, and I mean, at one minute after an hour, you're walking out of there. Uh, and and it's and they have that timing down so perfectly because they've done it years and years and years and years. So what's the guy's name? Greg Groshel.
0: And he's like super super charismatic, right?
1: Not really. No, I mean, he's, he's, he's a cool guy, but he's not like overly spiritual or, I don't know, he, he's a good communicator, but he's not like, I just feel God's power today, you know, kind of like you, like, he's just kind of a normal guy. And he says, just talk, he tells you about when he was a kid growing up and all the stupid stuff he did. and He tells stories? yeah stories Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, he does stories
0: Stories and the music maybe the difference
1: yeah well our guy
0: gets up there and just goes on and on like an old-fashioned southern baptist preacher and when he's all done i'm like i turned to my wife and said what what did he say did he say anything no i i didn't get it i mean i know he read he read a couple bible verses but he he kind of emphasized some stuff but i'm not sure what it was he was emphasizing And I got no
1: message out of that. He tells zero stories. Well, and one thing I would say about your pastor is he's probably one of the most passionate pastors I can remember in a long time. He is passionate. He is 100% sold out to his cause. But he can't seem to connect or can't get that message across can he or or he can't get people on board with him you know to say hey i mean because i drive i go to the gym and i drive by the old church on like visitation nights and i just kind of curious and there's four cars you know (laughs) i mean there's a couple who show show up but i i i guess and i i i feel kind of self-conscious because i don't want to just beat down on the church and stuff because it's so easy to be critical but there's just something not right, and and it's not just our church. I mean, I go. There's a church down on. Uh, it's I think here again. What I, what can I say? It's an older church. It's down by Western and Britain, and it's just this old brick building, and it just looks old and run down and unkept, and there's weeds growing up in the parking lot, and I see a few cars there, here, and there, and it just looks. It's just depressing. I mean, it's just, it's, I I don't know. I don't know the answer. I mean. Yeah. But here again, there's these mega churches that are just doing so good. But here's another thing, John Luke, I think is, is, is people who have young families and, and they, they have a big youth group and they're going camping and, and, you know, there's a, there's a, guy coming in this Friday and they're going to have a concert and and there's child care and there's and I mean you go in there and there's coffee bars oh in this church that this life church I go into I mean they got coffee and treats and snacks and you take your snacks and your coffee and your treats and you go in and much, it's like going to the movie theater so what how do they collect money how do they get you to give money okay so they do it every week every week they say here they run their little ad and then they have an app you just give on the app and you can set up reoccurring and they and they and they uh they uh promote it er, as far as i remember every week
0: do they do they give you the guilt trip about
1: how you're going to hell if you don't tithe? well they don't no they encourage you to get in fact they do another thing too they say okay if the bucket's coming down the aisle and you need fifty bucks, by all means, please take money out of that bucket and pay your bills. So, and and they emphasize that every week too. Is when they pass those buckets, it's like put some in or take some out. It's it's you know you're so they so they do that. Um, is that what's? How, how many people do you see take money out? I've never seen anybody take money out. I mean, That's I sus- so it's
0: they they say to do that but they know most people are not going to do that because yeah that that puts the spotlight on you when you take money out
1: yeah i do yeah it is and i i don't i don't i feel like they're being mostly genuine about it um and and i'm sure if they you know every week say hey giving's way way down maybe we shouldn't emphasize that so much but uh they found it works yeah it found it works, and it it it. Uh, but apparently, their their cash flow is phenomenal. Grace yeah. wants to take some notes. Oh, I have. And in I'm fact, nervous. I almost sent this to you. I've been listening to a podcast. He's a guy who is, uh he's just very fluent on other religions, even before Christianity and stuff. But he has like a website where you can pay. Let's say fifty bucks, and then you become a, an apostle, right? Or if you pay seventy five, then you become a something else. And he says it in a cool way. It's like, look, we just we need some money to do this, and we're we don't need it every week. But and then he, and he posts their name up there, and they get to see their name. Hey, and by the way, did you get to? You were gonna put up a email. I didn't know. If, I'm gonna, but I haven't done it yet. That's fine. That's fine. I will. That's fine. I just thought if you do, let me know, like, how do I access it and stuff. Who knows? Well, did, maybe we'll get one. Did we
0: decide it was going to be... What did
1: you decide you wanted it to be? Well, you want AD, so let's do AD at Grace. Mont. No, no, you can have whatever you want. AD1 is what I... A-
0: AD1 at gracemont.com. Okay. Yeah, because I am the...
1: possibly There okay. is... Everyone else is just an imitation of the real thing. That's right. Okay.
0: Gotcha. Well, um, so I'm going to get back to, if you have a church that's dying, like ours, that's a traditional, say ours is Baptist, but it could be Methodist or Lutheran, whatever. You got a church that's dying, and it was a once proud church with hundreds of people ever. We can, it's down to, you know, repentance of that like ours is from 2,500 to a hundred. What do you think you can do to revive that church? I mean, cause that's, that's what we talk about. Every time we get a new pastor, we're going to bring somebody in that can, can grow this church, can grow this ministry. Yeah. And it's like, uh,
1: yeah, so what, right. Yeah. I thought what I, I thought, one of our last ones, not this one so much, but the one before, which I don't think you cared a whole lot for. I thought he had some ideas that were going to help us, and and that 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 contemporary service I thought was going to help us. Uh, so what? So what do you do? So here's one thing I wonder about, John Luke, is. Let's say you have a church like ours, and your pastor's making like quite a bit of money, and you have a music director and you have an education minister and you have and then, and then your, your, your congregation shrinks down to the point that, that you don't have money coming in. And, and, and so you have these big budgets, right? And, these, and you have all these buildings that need upkeep and air conditioning and heating and paint and toilet paper and water and but now your congregation is like, you know, I think that's one of the things that that hurts our church is because you almost need some dude to come in there and says hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna start out on 35 grand and I'm gonna do the music too. <laughs> I don't know. And start out in maybe a garage or something where you're overhead. Their overhead is a lot. I I don't I don't know. I know exactly what you're saying. Our
0: our church is um I don't know exactly how many square feet, it's like thirty thousand square feet or something like that for a hundred yeah. people. The yeah. the uh the auditorium can hold two thousand people, I think.
1: It's that's, huge. Balcony and, that's and
0: dumb. And it's it's pretty ornate, you know, the yeah. the Greek revival theme with all the columns mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Yeah. It, it, that that land is worth about 6 million dollars, I think, is what they think. Oh, to rebuild wow. that building now, would probably be 20 million. Oh gosh. So for for 100 people that doesn't make sense. What we need probably is move farther, you know, up to the out of, you know, farther away from the expensive area we're in and build a metal building that'll hold 100 people and sell that property and take the rest of the money and put it in a trust for doing good for humanity. And you might be able to draw some some new people with a smaller, less pretentious sort of building. Yeah. But, but I think the biggest thing holding us back is... uh Nobody wants to go to a baptist church anymore cuz the baptists have got such a bad rap if why would you go to a baptist church when you could just go to life church
1: right non-denominational it's fun. Or, yeah and jesus lives there too right yeah he he he's he's yeah he's and he's 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 in our church too i mean i but here's sure. the other thing you know I think we probably have a lot of different ideas about but you know one of the thing one of the other deals is move up in a in a, in a new suburb man I mean that's kind of how that works you go up in Edmond and build a church with those young families and they're making a lot of money and you're going to do better than if you try to build a church down there on 10th street right because you're those people coming in And that's where you probably need a church most is down there on 10th street, not in the brand new suburb, but if build a bunkhouse for the homeless. Yeah. And then, and then, but you're not going to make any money doing it. I mean, you're not going to, you're not going to have a large financial program. Uh, You know, you, you, if you want to build that, and bring in that money, you got to get up there with those people who got money. And I, I don't know. I, I mean, part of it too, just because I'm a, I can't even remember what I am now. Uh, I just think part of it is, is just religion has just always died. It's just always resurrected and died all through the history there's been different myths and religions, and they come and they go, and they're really, really big for a while, and then they're not so big. And I, I kind of think Christianity's kind of dying. Well, it it may be. It sure has in Europe,
0: and it's, it has it's in Europe. Oh yeah, and it's dying in uh, it's dying in America too. I would say. Right. But it's not totally dead because of mega churches you know those you know what those mega churches are they're like the walmart of churches yeah. they use economies of scale yeah to do things that the other churches cannot do which makes them attractive to to uh, the young people cuz yeah. they can they can have a system and every church is the same system where you got this many small groups they meet this way at this time they do these activities we have these concerts we have these guest speakers you know and we have uh, they can do systematically do things that the small churches can't just the way Walmart can beat the crap out of Joe's hardware store and
1: oh yeah in they go in
0: oklahoma you know
1: right you know the other thing i see is is i think uh prevalent it's 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 one of those like what are what are what are some characteristics that you see that are similar in all these one of the things i think i see in a lot of these dying churches is there's a very old population
0: uh yes and they're the ones that are giving the money and then uh, so like grandma smith dies and oh the church budget has to go down a hundred thousand dollars because grandma smith used to give a hundred thousand dollars every year right oh uh, Grandpa Jones died. Now, he used to get 50000 so the budget dropped. Well, can't, let's bring in some young people, get them to give some more money. Well, the young yeah. people come in, and they go, well, we got, we got the Brown family that move in. They've got two young parents and four kids, which is great to have kids in there. But they can only donate about 4000 a year. Yeah. And that doesn't make up for—so how many of those? We would need, let's see, 20. We need 25 of those families to make up for—
1: Oh, the one for grandma, grandma Smith. Yeah, you know,
0: and so the numbers aren't there.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's a well. The other thing I take too is like for these young families that come in and they got four kids and they say, "Hey, we're gonna go to the youth department," and it's them and one other kid and the youth director. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, and they're like, "This sucks, man." I who's mean, who's a this pedophile? Is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, and well, another thing too. Yeah. I mean, here's another thing, and I just throw it out there. A lot of people go to church, to get married, and I to, I don't to know find a find a mate. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe that's not such a bad idea. Or I go to church because I want to meet Christian people I can go ride bikes with, and go to the movies with, and go to dinner with. You know, so I have like six, eight, ten like it used to be at our church, where. The youth sit in the back and, like, after Sunday night church, there's about 15, 20 of us. We'd always go to Chili's or someplace and sit there and hang out. And then, what are you doing Thursday? All right, come over. We're going to go see a movie. Da-da-da. And so, you have all these Christian friends versus going to a bar, right? Which yeah. I did that for years. And that didn't work out. <laughs> yeah, it didn't work. But it's out there, out there. And, sure. And, and but, at our church, you just don't have that. You don't have that where I want to bring my kids in, and I there's so many things for them to do to keep them busy, to keep them out of the bars, to keep them out of the trouble. And and you have young, you know, people who want to get married, and and knowing that I even kind of had this idea. I think it's kind of a good idea to go to church to do business. I mean, because I want to do business with Christians. You know, I mean, sure. Uh, Hey, there's a the guy there, and he's he's a he's a mechanic, and he's a good Christian guy. He's got a good family. But when your church is so small, you just can't. You don't have that community, you know. Right. So at so, our
0: church, you go there, and you, you meet some people. If you go, hey, old uh, Aunt Emmy, let's let's meet and have a drooling contest. Maybe see who can go the longest without having to change our diapers. Yeah, you know? I mean, that's, I, yeah right. That's what we got going on at our church now.
1: Yeah. So, it I, is...
0: so I don't see why any young people would want to come there.
1: Yeah, I, do, I don't either. And and, and that's sad. And uh, so we have Grace Mott. We have, that's, so...
0: Yeah, that's what you can do about it. You can dump your old church and create your own online church. Yeah. You could do that. Yeah, that's what we've well, done. Okay. I think you should either give up or you should sell that big building and, and uh rent a space for everybody, you know, if those people still want to get together, rent a space or uh or else buy or build a smaller building that has much less upkeep. You know, much less overhead. That would totally make sense for our church right now. And let the church continue to die, or maybe you could build it a little bit, and then if if you if you did ever manage to build it, then you could get a bigger building, like which is what how the place was built in the first place. But right now it makes no sense to do what we're doing.
1: Yeah. In fact, even as I think back, I wonder what if they kept the Mac Center and sold everything else, you know? I suggested that. Oh, you did. And, oh, yeah,
0: but nobody. Oh, I I wasn't in a position of power. I I suggested to my wife, who was in more of a position of power, and yeah, and, and I suggested to a couple of people who were, but they were like, ah, oh, no, we oh, won't no. So that nobody ever did anything
1: about that. But that made so much more sense. Yeah. Than what we did. And then you could at least fill it up halfway each Sunday, right? Yeah. And and, and the electricity bill would be so much lower, and the yeah. The, all that. It just. Well, the Mac Center was an old furniture store is what it was. It was well, Ethan Allen. Yeah. Yeah. It was and an old it, Ethan Allen.
0: It was just about the right size for our congregation at the time. Yeah. So I, there was one other question that I was going to talk about okay. that's related to this. Yeah. Why did people in our parents' generation and our grandparents' generation, why did they tithe? And why did the people now not tithe? There aren't very many people that tithe. There were. We were looking at the numbers, and uh, the money that's given to our church—it's almost all given, like eighty percent is given by people sixty-five and older. Yeah. So, how do you get the younger people to tithe, or, or is that going to happen?
1: Well, first,
0: first of all, why? Did they used to tithe and why do they not tithe? That's I guess that's the main
1: question. Okay. All right. Now are you asking me or you want to take a stab at it?
0: Well, mine's gonna be pretty straightforward was before the the people all used to believe the guilt trip that they were going to hell if they didn't tithe. Yeah. And now people don't believe that so much and they don't think tithing is really that important. It's kind of more of a suggestion rather than a mandate. But our parents and their parents believed that it was a mandate from God and that if they didn't tithe, they were sinning. Right. That's what I think the difference is.
1: So you think it's just not as emphasized quite like it was in in, in the past generations uh, is kind of what you're saying or...
0: I I think it was. People are no longer fearful of going to hell if they don't tithe.
1: Okay, that's bad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know. Well, no. We we of course want people to tithe to Grace. My only.
1: Yeah. There you go. Yeah, but,
0: well, and we we kind of want we're kind of hoping for the double tithe.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, like yeah, but, double tithe but, blessing week. This is (laughs) double-time blessing week. Just want everybody to know.
0: (laughs) But we're not going to make them think they're going to hell if they don't. No.
1: Okay. Okay, so I've got a theory, and it's two words, credit cards. So, I mean, you think about the 20s and 30s, I mean, people didn't have, credit cards weren't going everywhere. In fact, in the 30s and 40s it was considered folly to borrow money in fact jc penny for years would not offer credit because he felt it was a sin then they opened the credit card part of their business and their credit card makes more than their selling their stuff yeah and so today, and see, I got in, involved in Financial Peace University. I've been teaching for years and years, and so I kind of keep my – but they say now there's – most Americans, if they come up with a $1,000 emergency, they'll have to borrow money right. to pay that. And I think that's a big part of it. I think families have BMWs, and they have nice furniture, and, and then they have tons of debt they're trying to pay off, whether it's school debt or... And I think that can play a part of why some of these young families just don't have the cash flow that maybe they did back in the 30s and 40s. Um, I wonder if maybe that's partly why some of these young families don't give. They just don't have the money to give.
0: Uh, it's. I think it's a priority. Well, that that has some validity. I'm not saying you're wrong because yeah. we're, we're just guessing here anyway. Right. But I believe it's more of a priority because everybody still has some money. Right. And if the number is just you give 10% of whatever money you have, then you can always come up with an excuse not to do that. Right. Um, But you're right. A lot of people are in horrible debt. And so yeah. they're barely just Making enough to live like it, I've, I have a friend who doesn't make a whole lot and she borrowed money from a one of those consumer lenders and oh. ended up with uh she ended up with them garnishing her wages and she already didn't make much and uh, she was just in a spin so she ended up having to quit her job and go move somewhere else where the garnishment people couldn't find her just to make ends meet yeah.
1: hey so. As we're kind of exploring this subject, do you think there's any any value? Like, you think of a pastor, like, in the 40s and 50s versus so many of the pastors we see today who have a brand-new Lexus, and they live in these beautiful homes, and then they get caught with their secretaries, and they're living these lavish lives. Do you think there's any—or people say— you know, what is that church using that money for? I wonder if there's any skepticism. People say, I'm not going to give them my money. I I mean, that pastor dresses better than I do. And I've seen his house. And, I mean, even even I think you might agree, even with this 100-person congregation we have, our pastor makes pretty good money. He makes six figures. Okay. So there you go. From a
0: 100-person congregation
1: exact and so you know I uh, you know there's the old, there's an old song that says would Jesus wear a Rolex watch <laughs> you know because a lot of and it's not every pastor wears a Rolex but they typically have have pretty good pretty good things you know I don't know if maybe there's some of that involved in it too like maybe back in the 40s like it, it was it what is it so uncommon that the pastor would also clean the church and, and sure Maybe some do some of the music services and kind of fix the pipes in the back children's department, you know, and
0: Sure. Go to actually go to see people in the hospital that were sick and preside over weddings and Yeah. So yeah. What about this? Let's do okay. the what would Jesus do thing. What Because okay. say if Jesus were to walk into our church on Sunday morning and look around see what was going on. He would look into the lives of the people that were there and, and the preacher and the the Minister of Music and the youth minister and all this. What what do you think he would have to say about the organization and what should be done about it? What would Jesus say should be done about that church? So,
1: okay. But so your, expl- you're gonna put on your Jesus hat. Okay. And Jesus is going to it, step into our church. And I, I'm exploring I'm exploring this new kind of concept that Jesus, okay, Jesus was just a man, but what was so important about him was he was able to teach in a way that people's lives benefited from his teaching. Their lives yes. were made better because he could teach them how to see things and do things and live in a way that their lives were better. And so one of these things I, I do, I do, I will tell you this when I go t- to Life Church, it's just when I walk out of that auditorium, I just feel like, okay, bring on the week, man, bring it on. I just feel, I feel like God's on my side. He's, he's, I, I they said something today. I'm gonna to try it next week. And I, I've got I still have things now that I try. I a lot of stuff I still apply to my life. Um one of these things that he he taught about was these I am statements. He says you should speak to yourself in a positive way. Don't say I'm I forget everybody's name, you know, but say I'm learning how to remember people's names. So tell me your name. And I am a finisher. And I am faithful. And and each day say those things because there's something I think very pragmatic about if I say, oh, I'm so bad at this. Oh, I'm I'm oh, I'm so dumb, you know, oh I could never do that. Speak in a way that builds your confidence up and builds who you are as a person up. One sermon was about don't focus in on the negative things in your job. Try to think of the positive things. Think about how blessed you are. Da, da, da. All these just very practical things that I just think, I, can, I can't I can wait. Tomorrow I'm going to try that. And uh, well, that's Zig Ziglar and Dale Carnegie. That's
0: it. That's, that's what, it. Yeah, that's the power I, of positive thinking. That's what that is.
1: I think that's who Jesus is. That's who uh, I think Jesus uh, is. Uh. I so think that's what he, you
0: think he would say in our church, to do that instead of what we're doing?
1: Yeah. To be yeah. positive. Yes. To be right. uplifting and victorious. We're supposed to be living in victory. We're supposed to have all this power. We're supposed to have all this energy. We're, we're supposed to be the people who, when the outside looks at us and says, what do they have? I don't get it. Those people are freaking awesome and i just want to go there and i want to talk to them and i want to be around them that's what i think we're supposed we're supposed to have some type of lifestyle that's attractive that is energizing that helps us overcome struggles and that's where i think that's what i think jesus is jesus is our avenue to understanding who god is the god who created the whole universe who has that type of energy who has that type of intelligence if i can plug into that if i can plug into that type of understanding how do i make my life better how do i grow in strength how do i grow in knowledge How do I grow in joy? How do I get up every morning and go, God, I can't wait to just get out there and try some good stuff. My life is going in a direction. It has meaning. It has value. It has depth. That's that's how I want to live. I want to live in this energy force that changes people's lives. And I think that's what Jesus was about. He was about teaching us how to connect to that energy. Unimaginable power source through understanding who God is. And, and because God and us were kind of the same, right? The God who made the universe made us. And so that's how we grow and that's how we energize ourselves by learning. Like eating well, right? By being a good guy to you. I mean, I'm I'm built up when I help somebody. So let's think about doing those kind of things. And and, 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 okay, and here's another thing too, and here's another theory, and I'm I I am way down a rabbit trail.
0: You are rocking it, man. Keep going. Amen, brother.
1: Okay, so here's another thing. Here's a theory that I have, and this is the theory. The theory is it's all about me. Okay, it's all about me. It's all about how do I make my life better. That's that's the number one thing. God knows that, and it's not wrong. And here's what, and here's why. Because let's say your wife came home and she said, Honey, I wrecked the car again. Okay? So there's a couple things you can do. One is you can say, You, oh, I've told you never to do that again. Or you can say, you can suck it up and go, Well, honey, are you okay? That's the first thing I care about. Are you okay? Now, the misnomer is, I think, is that I am serving myself by blowing my temper and putting myself first. But what's really true is I'm putting myself first when I say, honey, are you okay? Because what I'm doing is I'm building my marriage. I'm making my marriage better. When my kids are out staying too late out at night, there's a couple things I could do. I could say, oh, just let them go. You know, I don't really care, or I can set them down and we can do the battle, right? You know, you shouldn't be out late. No, you got it. But the deal is, the best way I serve myself is by maintaining this strong family, right? By having a good family, and that's the best way I can make my life good and healthy and in line with god right because he said seek first my righteousness understand who he is how do i make my life the best i make it best by a good marriage by raising good kids by saving money because it seems as if going out and blowing all my money is the way the best way to serve myself but that's not really true what's really true is when i save money i have a plan my life benefits my family benefits because i can pay the bills i can take care of my wife and take care of my kids so that's what I want to learn. That's what I want to learn how to do. I want to, I want to connect into those things that where I just feel I walk out of my church service and go, I just feel strong, man. I just feel like, I don't know, they said something there that God loves me, cares about me. And here again, I you know, maybe I'm beliling myself a little bit because I don't know that there's a God who consciously is aware of me, but I think I can learn from him about how he did all this universe thing. You know, and I'm a human being. I am and I'm and so how do my how does my brain work? How does my body work? How does my psych my psyche work? Understand that, learn that, learn how to build in that the true way. I think that's who God is. And that's what I want to know about. So well, I'm gonna
0: quote my uh niece by marriage, her boyfriend's grandmother, first time he met her, she was a talker. So oh yeah, she was talking. She went on and on and on. Finally, the grandma, in mid sentence and <laughs> stood up and went, "I'm give out," <laughs> and walked off. Anyway, yeah. now, I was asking, uh, I didn't want to stop you because man, you were on a roll. That yeah, we need to put that video up because you were. So anyway, um, eventually we should probably do the, these videos as well as the, okay. the podcast, but. Anyway, no, my my thoughts are back to the original question was if Jesus walked into our little church, what he would say? He would look around he would say This is the church. I mean you wanna you wanna blame everything on the preacher or the song leader or whatever. That's not really the deal. This is the church. I want to look at I want all of you to examine your lives. How are you living? Are you just living for yourself? Or are you or are you living to be a beacon to the world. You know, are you living to help others? And most of us would have to look internally and go, well, uh, no, I was going to, but no. I and then he would say to the preacher and the song leader, you guys suck. <laughs> suck. Just go on, get. It. Now, um, I'm going to take this group, and I'm going to move you to a different building where you you fit. Because right now, you've got this, it's like a baby trying to put uh, put its hand in Shaquille O'Neal's glove.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah.
0: It, if the glove does not fit, you should move and get a smaller church. <laughs>
1: yeah, right.
0: So um, I think that he would do that. And then in the smaller church, he would try to redirect us to doing stuff that makes us actually enjoy coming there. He would want the preacher to use... Stories to inspire people, like like what you have at your life church, and he would want us all to take care of each other a little better. I think that's what he would say. He said because yeah. that's that's what you're for is to help take care of each other and the rest of the world. And right now, you guys are just taking care of your own little lives. Yeah. That's what I think would happen. He he would probably have some other pointers too, like, hey, you know, Microsoft, they're kind of big into AI. Yeah. Yeah. Put the church budget into that.
1: Yeah. There yeah, yeah. you go. Make some money. Yeah. I don't well, know. Well, you know, one, one, we had a person in our Sunday school class one time. I don't know if you remember this, but I was kind of taken back by it. But he said, when you go to church, you should go to church. And when, uh, when you leave, you should feel bad.
0: Yeah. And I've heard you say it, that before.
1: Yeah. You're supposed to feel bad. And I, I, I didn't. It kind of bothered me. I thought I don't agree with that. That one thing, maybe, maybe it's it's been working for me at the Baptist church for years. Yeah.
0: If if I go to the if I go to Sunday school, it felt good because I liked all the people there. Then I go to the to the oh to the service where they would say they would say about all these things that are sins, and I would go, "Yeah, I did that. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, Yeah, that's me." And and when I left, I'm going... Well, screw you, man! I don't need anybody telling me all the things I did wrong. I know, I know they're wrong. God knows right. they're
1: wrong. It doesn't really help for you to browbeat me over it, right? Yeah. But I think some people feel like that's how you're supposed to walk out of that service. Is like yes, I just, they uh, do. That's yeah. how they've
0: done all their lives. You got to go for. I, I always joked about when my wife and I were first dating. We were looking around, or. We're getting serious, so we're looking around for different churches. And I wanted to go to a more liberal church, like, you know, like a a Methodist church or something. Or, or if we'd had a life church, then I might have wanted to go there. Yeah. But she, she didn't like him. She said, "Let's just like, like going to hear Zig Ziglar talk." Yeah. But the hear the power of positive thinking. Yeah. Or how to win friends and influence people. But I felt good when I left those places, and I've always felt bad when I left the Baptist church.
1: Yeah. I don't think you're supposed to feel bad. Here's I don't what not Here's what I think is a better that's, way to—
0: That's a grace spot principle. That's right? a grace smart principle. You should principle. feel good when you
1: leave. Well, or here's another—okay, here's another, here's another or way— Or inspired. I, good or inspired. Or challenged. Or challenged. Challenged. Yes. You know, like, so I went to lunch with a buddy today and I ordered like hash browns and gravy and stuff. And he ordered tomatoes and fruit. And I didn't feel bad. But when I left there, I felt kind of challenged, like, you know, maybe I should eat a little better. And it's not like I was down on myself and but it was like and and challenging in a way right that it's like it's something you can do it would be like saying okay i want you to go out and witness 100 people this week it's like oh it's just demoralizing but you could say hey you know what i learned something if there's someone at work or something they seem kind of down just say hey you know uh hey i think you're a good guy try to find something positive and say something positive to them you know i've always noticed you're a really nice dresser you know just to kind of help Well, that I feel a little bit challenged I feel like that's it that's a small step right that I can kind of do that's what I think versus feeling bad to feel like hey maybe I could do that a little better maybe I could be a little more positive and and build people up you know and and uh, those small little things right that I could do so that's I like that kind of thing where I could think, "Hey, man, I could do that. Hey, I could do that. That'd probably really be kind of neat, you know." So maybe I could help some people. Or, you know, we could, because like what we've talked
0: before, when they would always try to say that I that I should witness to people, it's hard to witness about something that you don't really believe in.
1: Well, yeah, you know, and that's that,
0: something. And they did the big guilt trip on us all the time about that. And I'm like, I'm not really the one to do that because. I'll be lying, and I don't like
1: lying. That's me, too. That's the thing I struggled with for years as a Christian, because I was supposedly a Christian, but I didn't want to witness because it was embarrassing because it was like, it sounds so stupid when I say it. And and that's that's where I finally came to the point. I said, look, I just don't think I believe it. I think that's my biggest trouble. It's not that I'm lazy. It's not that I don't care, because I do care. It's just I don't buy it. And so how can I tell you you're going to go to hell when I don't really think that's right. And so how can I, with conviction, say that? So, I agree. Even... For me, it would be like being part of a uh,
0: pyramid scheme, trying to sell yeah. people on, yeah, you need to buy these water softeners for twice what they're worth so yeah. that my buddy above me can get a quarter of it and the guy above him can get 15% of it. And yeah. you know, I can get really rich. You know, Yeah. It, it, even though this water softener thing is... Only worth $10. I want you to pay $30 for it. Yeah. And then I want you to be on my team and get other people to pay $30 for this $10 water softening thing. And then, you know, so that to me, that's what witnessing would have been. It would have been not truth.
1: Yeah. It's like, yeah, that, well, that, that was, that was me. That was me. And I, I tried the witnessing thing. But here again, like I said, there was just something deep down inside of me, just like, that's why I didn't want to do it. I just yeah. I could, I, I just couldn't get, I would not it wasn't real, I wasn't genuine, I wasn't being genuine. That's right. that's maybe that's what it is. Right. I, I want to be genuine. Is, is there something like, hey, hey, there's a new supplement out there, man. I took it, dude. It's awesome, man. It just makes me feel so healthy. I get up, I have energy. Then I'd be like, I'd tell people, you know, but it, there was just something I just didn't even in my own life believe it, and so. That made it doubly
0: worse because not only were you going to hell for not witnessing, you're going to hell for not believing the stuff you were supposed to be saying when you're witnessing. It is tough,
1: was... right? Oh, it was it, it it it's a psychological. It's almost like a psychological. What do they call contortionist? It's a psychological yeah. beatdown every Sunday,
0: is what it was.
1: Yeah, and and and. You know I'm a worm, right? You know, oh, yeah. I, I'm a worm. I'm so, I'm, uh, you know, my my righteousness is, is filthy rags, uh, and and I just feel like the more I can beat myself down and not have money and live this horrible life, the more righteous I am, or something. And but I you were not
0: righteous; you're just I was. Oh,
1: that's <laughs> funny. Man. Did you did not come up with that?
0: You're, it just came to me. I'm sure it's. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure other people have come up with that a, a thousand times
1: before, but it's just it so just good. Came to you, me. It was so good, you would think probably so, but that is that's a wonderful. I'm not righteous. I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> what righteous? Yeah, oh my gosh, that's hilarious. I've never heard it before. Have you ever? You I, heard it? I've never heard that. Well, I'm never sure other life. people. Well, you yeah, got, there's
0: nothing new in the world, right? Somebody that's else right. has come. Someone Confucius, else. Confucius was sitting around one time. I'm yeah. Trying to reach righteousness, but just only reaching wrong. Just
1: ha, 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 yeah, ha, yeah, yeah, ha, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And see, in, in other, in other, but in other uh, languages, that probably doesn't work quite as well. Correct. You know, because it's the the English kind of because it rhymes and
0: yeah, it was a joke. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I love it. I think you should write it down um, and like uh, you know I'm not. I'm, I'm not righteous. It on a I'm righteous. Yeah, it's
0: gonna be a. All right, yeah. well, we about beat this horse okay. to death. We you have, really we have, him? we have. I think okay. so. Um,
1: okay.
0: Okay, Bessie, I'm going to give you one more whack. Boom. Boom. Okay. We've, right. That horse all
1: is right. dead. Dead, 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 dead. All right.
0: I'm going to sign us off, or do you want to sign us? Why don't you sign us off this time?
1: Okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, people from all over the world, we just want to thank you for being part of our 20th podcast. And uh, tell all your friends to come and listen to us whenever they can, and we will see you next time. So this is Apostle Duke
0: and Apostle John Luke. Make it so. Anyway, the something else is we can say our website is gracemont.com. Okay. And we're working on get, getting a, an email up that's going to be ad1 at gracemont.com.
1: Comments, questions, anything, or just say, Hey, I'm out here and I listened. You guys are yeah. stupid. Anything. Just <laughs> any, anything. Just tell yeah. us something and, and we want to try to get you guys involved in, in some of this too. So we anything. might
0: like hearing for some from some really good Southern Baptists and you know, say, Hey, you guys are you guys are going to hell, just so you know. Yeah. 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 That's fine. So that means yeah. we're making an impact. If if you yeah.
1: Tell us, talk to us, something.
0: Okay. Well, that's it
1: for now. Bye. Bye.